This is It Just Takes One. One person, one experience, one idea, one moment to change your life. Here's what's coming up on today's show. It just takes one yes, really, to change your life, to change someone else's life. Um, Because going back to talking about uh, the book and being scared and, you know, vulnerable and publishing and all that kind of stuff, it all came from one click. Be great today. Three simple words that have a much deeper meaning. And in today's episode of It Just Takes One, you're going to hear more about that. In this episode, I interview Justin Kegley. Justin and his wife, Teresa, own Movement Fitness in Rockford, Illinois. And Justin recently became an Amazon bestseller for his book, Be Great Today. Justin's purpose is to help people take control of their lives, to become intentional with their decisions and their attitudes so they can create their best life. In our interview, he shares how his journey from corporate America to becoming an entrepreneur included many challenges, but in the end, he learned that no matter what, you can always choose to be great today. As you listen to our interview, you will hear Justin explain how those three words have become a slogan that he lives by. And I think you'll agree that his energy and enthusiasm are absolutely contagious. I'm going to let Justin share the rest, so I invite you to sit back and listen in as Justin Kegley shares his story. Hi, Justin. Welcome to It Just Takes One. Well, thanks, Gil. I appreciate you having me. I'm excited to be on. I'm excited to have you on, and you've had your book in your hand for a while, but I'm excited to share it with the listeners and let them hear a little bit more about that process for you and what the book is about and and all of the great things behind that. But I just want to start by giving the listener a little bit more background on you. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing, about your facility, where you're located, uh, what you do in your facility, and just kind of give the listener a little bit more of an idea of where you are and who you are. Absolutely. So we are located in Rockford, Illinois. So we are uh, northwest of Chicago by a little over an hour. And so um, it's a great uh, community that we did not grow up in. And so we have worked to continually uh, plant ourselves in it. I actually moved here because of a a corporate job and uh, we thought we'd be here for a hot minute. And uh, 13 years later now, we're still here. (laughs) That's a long minute. um, Yeah, no, absolutely. So, you know, we just, we feel like God's had a different plan for us than we initially thought when we moved there. So, um, you know, it's been interesting that, you know, I worked in corporate America for a number of years. I started as a personal trainer in 2001, and that was a a passion of mine and something that I really wanted to pursue. But um, I thought at one point I needed to get the real job. And so, you know, finished out my schooling and, um, you know, did corporate America for a while and then decided that wasn't for me. And so um, I have an amazing wife who always uh, tries to work to say yes to most of what I uh, want to accomplish, unless it just doesn't completely make sense at all. And so, um, so we stepped out, uh, we had some, some uh, partners and friends that just supported and loved us through it and said, you know, what? we have this vision of creating a facility that does, you know, that helps people to become the best version of themselves. And we wanted to make it look different than any other thing that was in town. And so our goal was, was number one, to help athletes to be their best and to develop fully into that young athlete. So, you know, that, that 10 to, you know, 16, 18 year old um, kid as they developed and continued through sports, but also to be that, you know, we're a semi-private personal training facility. So it doesn't look like personal training, but it doesn't look like group training and just find that niche to where, you know what? we can find and make a way for someone to have their own program, but to be around other people and in a community. And so the whole goal for us was just how do we figure out how to get people to know that there's, you know, they're loved and they're worthy right where they're at, but also they can push and do more. Um, And so obviously we love physical work. So that's just part of what we do. So, um, you know, we challenge people every single day and we've been open uh, movement. Fitness has been open for um, just under four years. So, 
that's been just a, a huge process for us in learning and developing as a business and growing and you know doing all the things so it's been uh, it's been the the best thing we've ever done it's also been the hardest thing we've ever done and uh you know aside from weight raising three boys so that's getting more complicated <laughs> but um you know that's kind of that's a bit of where we are and you know I, my wife Teresa and I um you know own and run the facility and then we have uh, three boys Riley Cooper and Colton who are 12 8 and 7 so yeah, <sighs> that's You're a little bit about me busy 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 <laughs> a lot of things spinning you but you actually brought up something there that I thought was interesting though and I want to yeah. go back to it you sure. said when you were training back in 2001 you were a personal trainer and you wanted to get the real job I love that you said that because I do think there is a perception out there in the world of what training is do you see that perception changing and when you actually knew that corporate America was not for you uh, you were working for Merck was it Yes, Mark. Um, you know, doing pharmaceutical sales, and that was not where you wanted to be. What was it that made you say, "Oh, I think I'll go personal training again"? Totally. So um, here's the problem. I think the reason the perception um, is changing for personal trainers around the country that it can actually be a real job is that um, this was kind of pioneered by a number of different people, but really, I think of like. Alan Cosgrove and Rachel Cosgrove and Results Fitness and having a facility that has systems and actually um, takes business seriously rather than going, you know what, all personal trainers, every personal trainer I've ever met, they are generally great people and they want to help. What happens is, is they go, oh, I'll get that check some other time or I don't know when this person's coming back in and they don't have a business. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately, you just can't survive that way. And so you know, essentially for me, that's the way the path was going in 2001. I worked at Gold's Gym, you know, they gave me a paycheck. And if I didn't go out and, you know, uh, hunt, I didn't eat, right. So that was kind of mm -hmm. the, the gist of it. And so at that point, um, I just, I thought, you know what, this really isn't a thing that I can do for the rest of my life. Um, and I didn't have the vision of someone like, um, you know, Todd Durkin, who, you know, in the mastermind with and a vision of someone, you know, like the, the Cosgroves or people that have actually put in time and systems and places that give hope and a vision of what you could make a living out, you know, what it looks like to make a living out of a personal training career. And so, you know, what makes sense? Corporate America, I mean, you go and you can, I had a great job um, with great benefits in a car and all of that. Um, and so, you know, it was really hard to let go of what we called the golden handcuffs because we kind of had that, we'd gotten to a certain point of life where you just get accustomed to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had told my wife in 2000, uh, the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, I said, the industry is shifting. It's not going to be the pharmaceutical industry is not going to be what we think it is or what it uh, currently is for long. Um, and I don't want to ride out every other, you know, every six months of, am I going to get laid off? Am I going to get, you know, reorganized and we're going to have to move all that stuff. And that was, that happened, started happening every six months. There's this layoff and turnover and change. And, um, I just said, I don't want to do that every six months. I don't want to put our family through that. I don't want to have to worry all that kind of stuff. And so I said, I want to get, start getting my certifications. And so for my birthday in 2013, she bought me uh, the package to become a certified strength conditioning specialist to the uh, NSCA. So I did that um, because I didn't have an anatomy physiology background. It took me forever. It took me over a year to study because I was literally studying in the cracks of breakfast and kids and work and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, but through that process, I started, um, going through the certifications. And then I started training people literally in my home. I had about a two to 300 square foot um, space in my home that had very little uh, equipment. Um, but it was amazing because it taught me how to get by with very little and how to be efficient, how to be effective. Um, and it was actually the point where I probably grew the most. Um, but I just, I said, you know what, we're going to do that. We did that for a year and a half or so. And then we started laying some plans and going, you know what, we're going to open up a facility. It's not going to look like that, um, that place where we just hope people come in. We're going to have a marketing strategy. We're going to have a business plan. We're going to have systems for taking payment and scheduling appointments and, you know, doing all the things that 
you know, it's hard for me because I'm one of those, I just call them dumb personal trainers because we just love people and we're like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> and then, you know, um, fortunately my wife is way smarter than I am and we set all that up. And, um, you know, for us, we've almost four years in business now, but it takes a lot of time and effort and um, all the stuff that we learn in our certifications and the fun and the, the quote unquote sexy stuff of training. We're mm -hmm. like, we spend so much time in that realm that we don't spend enough time in the leadership and business development and understanding what our systems should look like and should be. And that's where it ends up costing most personal trainers. But if you put the time in, you can make it work. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. It's, you know, a lot of times the practitioner it doesn't have the business background and the business person doesn't have the practitioner background. But um, right. when you can marry both of those together, uh, then you can create something that actually fulfills your passion and your purpose and, and that you really enjoy and love doing. And because you've been able to do that, you've created some systems, you've got your philosophy, you've got your plan, and it's actually outlined in your book. One of the, yeah. the best things about your book, Be Great Today, is that there is literally a 28-day practical plan right in the back of it for anybody who is looking to get better in their life, to be right. great in, in whether that's nutrition or exercise or just goal setting or wanting to have more energy or more motivation. So it's literally laid out in the back of the book, which I is one of my favorite parts of the book. Um, so yeah. talk a little bit about how that 28 day plan came to be. And then we'll talk about how it kind of fit in with the whole vision of the book. Totally. Um, so this was the thing that was something that was very important to me um, because there are a lot of motivational, inspirational books out there. And I think they're great. I read a lot of them. Mm -hmm. um, but um, when you walk away from something that doesn't have a tangible action or an item on it, often what happens is it gets lost, right? Mm -hmm. So when I think of uh, when you want to make a life change, nothing will change in your life unless you change something you do every single day. So the whole point and purpose of the 28 day plan was to create a, uh, a system for people in their lives. We talked about that in business, but also creating systems in your life that will allow you to be more successful at whatever it is you're doing. This isn't necessarily a nutrition plan, but your nutrition can get better because of it. It's not a workout plan or a, you know, a business plan per se, but the goal is, is to help each person individually start to find what works for them. Um, so I know it's not the be all end all, but what we want to do is create, this is 28 days to go. It's not like, Oh, I did the 28 day plan. Now I'm great. Like this is the start. How do we kickstart this in for people and go, what time are you going to wake up? Like thinking through all this stuff. Um, when are you going to go to bed, start to outline specific action items that are easy to go through um, that everybody can make a change in if they're willing to do it. Um, what we often find is people that, you know, especially in, you know, what we do. And so in health and fitness and looking at, you know, weight loss or body composition change, you go, people keep talking about, you know, like, I ah, just, you know, I need more willpower or I need to just try harder. And you go, you know, really habit formation, is not a matter of willpower. It's a matter of setting up the systems and the processes of your life, right? If you don't take your lunch to work, you're probably going to eat something that's not as good as what you would have packed. And unfortunately, at some point, that's going to cost you if you do that time and time again. You know, if you wake up in the morning and um, you just pick up your, your iPhone and you start scrolling through it, or you hit the snooze button, like, chances are you're going to get up and be late for work or you're going to be yelling at the kids because you're upset because they're late, but it's really your fault. You know, so all of this stuff comes back to the fact of we don't have a plan to be intentional with our lives. We just kind of wake up and go. And the whole purpose was, is how do we go stop? Think about what's important. What's the purpose of what you're doing and then start to align your life to that and then you can actually start to have the life that you want to live, not the life that you have to live. It's said so beautifully, like you've said that before. <laughs> love, <laughs> love all of that. I think you're so right um, that it's often, you know, we think it's a good idea, but thinking gets lost. You know, that's just a little bit of energy that doesn't go anywhere. It's when you really set the intention. In fact, the subtitle of the book, how to be intentional with your attitude and actions to create your best life. And, mm -hmm. 
in this 28 day plan at the back, it's that weekly prep where you set out your big five actions for the week. Have, you know, you actually intentionally think about, have you thought about your meals for the week? Have you thought about when you're going to work out this week? And then each day, a check-in. Did you pack your water bottle? Did you eat your breakfast or have your shake? Yeah. Did you pack your lunch? You know, and what time? So it's literally, you can write in the book. All yeah, absolutely. For 28 days and then some. I won't give away the book. And then some. <laughs> and then some. Because like you said, it's a kickstart. It's not the end all be all. Right. Um, that's, what's interesting is, so for me is all of this came out of, um, different, um, people and systems and places that I've taken and going, you know what, this is what's worked for me. I know that this won't work in every single way. This is not the, Hey, this is the only way you can do this. Right. But what I do know is like, so the, the, the setting up your big five for the week is something that we do in the Todd Durkin mastermind. So that's something that I learned from Todd and going, you know, here are the five things that you need to do. What are they, the five most important things that need to get done this week, All right? Because if everything's important, then nothing is, All right? So that five is kind of that, hey, I can take care of myself personally. I've got some business stuff. I've got some family stuff. I can take care of those things and I put them out. And that takes, you know, 20, 30 minutes to really just sit and think on a Sunday night or an early Monday morning or whatever that looks like for you. And going, I know what's important for the week. And then I can fill in my schedule around that and go, you know what? If it doesn't fit these priorities, if it doesn't fit my why and my purpose and intentionality in life, then maybe we should just get rid of it. Um, and that's what's really hard because I'm a people pleaser. I'm someone that wants to say yes. Um, but what I've learned is that, um, I think Jeff Walker said this, that every yes has to be defended by a thousand no's or something like that, <laughs> where we you know, if I'm saying yes to training someone or doing something, that means I'm, I'm potentially saying no to my family. Mm -hmm. um, and so if I'm not intentional about thinking what my schedule looks like and communicating with my wife and having that stuff set up, then I'm potentially missing out on an opportunity with my kids or with my wife or something, or I'm missing out on an opportunity that I, maybe there's, you know, a group of people that I would train, you know, would want to train or something like that. So, um, or sleep. Maybe we just need to sleep a little more. Yeah, <laughs> um, most people so, do. Yeah, most people do. And so it's trying to set up those daily habits, the weekly habits, a daily habit, and then taking them through things like sleep. You talked about that a, a minute ago. And sleep, I feel like the more we dig into sleep, the more it, we're realizing like we are just missing out on living the most efficient and best life if we are not getting seven to eight hours of sleep every single night. And people come in and they go, hey, what's the supplement I should take? What's the new, you know, what kind of diet should I eat? And then the real question now for me is, is how much are you sleeping first, mm -hmm. right? We can get into whatever else you want to do. But if you're not sleeping, it doesn't really matter. I mean, because, you know, your cortisol is going to be messed up anyway. Your, you know, your metabolism is going to be messed up. And so it kind of really doesn't matter what you put in your body if you're not sleeping well enough. So taking people through that and just trying to work towards intentionality. That's the whole goal of the 28 day plan. Yeah. And, and it's fabulous. And I, and I agree with you. Sleep is uh, something that I think maybe in our culture, we have minimized the importance of it. And hopefully there is more awareness now of what sleep actually does for us. It's not a laziness. It's actually a system reset and a re-energizer, but there's a lot of, internal physiological processes that happen with it and without sleep you cannot be great the next day absolutely you know, that's certainly one of the critical fe features and you know that the the book is called be great today but be great today has actually become kind of a slogan for you guys and it has a good backstory share where that that whole thing of be great today came from <laughs> sure so uh, when i was working for merck um i had a friend of mine and we would um, we would sit and talk at meetings about motivational stuff. This guy actually kept a folder of all the motivational things that he had. And so um, my father-in-law has this uh, wonderful uh, warm voicemail that it, when you called it, if you still called it, he, you know, it would say the same thing. You know, it's, um, hi, this is Mark Slater with Mid-State Ag. And he would go through this whole spiel. And at the end, he would say, and have a great day. And it was, you know, I, I actually stole the whole thing verbatim while I was in corporate America, minus the name and such, because I thought it was just, that's exactly what I needed to say. And so 
um, about 2012 or so, I started having these conversations with a friend of mine about um, when you greet someone or when you have a conversation is have a, a great day, the best thing that you could say to them. And, you know, it sounds really wordsmithy and like, are we getting, you know, into the nitty gritty? And you thought, I thought, you know, you can't always have a great day, right? I mean, has anybody ever had a bad day? Like I, I have, um, <laughs> you know, so we, you can't necessarily control having a great day. Um, and so my buddy was like, well, why don't, what do you, why don't you tell somebody to make it a great day? And I thought that's, this is really great. Another little wordsmithy thing, but like, uh, have you ever tried to make, you know, someone do something or uh, make something happen, your schedule gets thrown off, you know, your boss, you try to get them to do something that you want them to do or your spouse, you know, whatever. Sometimes that doesn't go well, get your kids, get a seven year old kid when he's upset to try to do something that you want him to do. Right. <laughs> so that's not easy. Um, but I, I threw out all of that. It was, you know, I thought in all things, I think there's, there's two things in our life that we can control and that's really our attitude and our actions. Um, and that out of that going, you know what, in all circumstances, in everything that we, we do, we can choose to be great. So we can be great. in um, you know, whether someone, there's a, a funeral and someone dies, you can choose to be great to your family, to love and to support. And that doesn't mean it feels good. It doesn't mean it's not a bad day, but you can still choose to love on people. You know, um, when someone, you know, someone has an issue at school, kids have an issue at school, you know, we can be great with how we go and choose to interact with people. Um, someone treats you poorly, you can still be great. I think often we want to, you know, in our society today, we want to like get into fights and bring zingers and when actually we can be a light to people when we choose to speak differently. And that's the whole thing of be great today. If you told someone be great today, rather than have a great day, they're going to stop. I mean, people started doing this to us. And they're like, what? And I said, well, be great today. And they're like, okay, thank you, I think, you know, and so it's just such a thing that makes them stop. And then, you know, so we talked about be great. And then the today part is, is um, I just believe that today is the only day that we've been given. And so tomorrow is not promised for anyone. And so um, we often, I think, lose sight of that because we get our schedules and our calendars and we go, well, I'm going to do this tomorrow and I'm going to do this next week and next month. And um, you know, it was reiterated for me two weeks ago. I had an uncle that passed away at 54. He had a heart attack. And so, um, you know, you go like, that's, wow, that's a reminder to go, you know what, tomorrow's not promised. And, um, you know, I, I think that's just tremendously important for us that in every day and every opportunity that we have the chance to be great with what we're doing. And today's the only day we have. So that is how Be Great Today came about the intentionality of it being that underlying piece, I think is so critical. I really enjoy when you think about saying, responding to somebody when they're saying, how are you today? Or that it actually makes them stop and think because it is something different. It's, it's yeah. not the normal, yeah, have a great day or see you later. Sure. It's be great today. Wow. And it makes them stop and think. And even in that you've created a, a shift and maybe something in their intention will change because of it. Yeah, totally. My quick story, my mother-in-law, we, so when the book launched, we had a bunch of gear that, that was made that said, be great today on it. And so we had some hoodies and some t-shirts and stuff that were made. And so my mother-in-law wore it and she lives three hours South of us. So, you know, there's nobody that knows, you know, you know, there's very few people that know about the book there. And so she wore the shirt around and just, um, someone stopped her and said, you know, that's a really great message. Be great today. And she told me that this weekend. And I'm like, yeah, that's really cool that, you know, you get to spread that, that kind of message. And it is, it's totally about just choosing to get outside the norm because we're so mundane in most of our lives for most people. And you go, man, if you could just, again, be a light and help someone to go, you know what, that is different. Or that was a weird interaction or make them stop and think for a second. Great. I think that's, you know, for some people, that's what they need. So that's, that's exactly right. And we, you know, it's such an easy way to do that. So that actually became the title of the book and more, but let's talk about how it became the title of the book and, and what this book, where it came from, where the idea for it came from, why you decided to write it and you know, what that process has been like for you. Yeah, totally. Um, so I am 100% an accidental author. 
Um, <laughs> what happened was I had a, um, I had a list of, of or, uh, pages and pages of stuff from blogs and, and Instagram posts or Facebook, um, stuff that I had um, written down. And um, what I also realized is that people come in and out of your story and they don't know all of it. And so what people didn't know or don't know about me is, is when I talk to them about, you know, weight loss or nutrition for our clients, um, most people go, yeah, 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 right. You don't have a, a weight problem, quote unquote. So what do you know about it? You know, when I'm struggling over here because I'm overweight and I just laugh, I, you know, my first response is I just laugh because what you don't, what they don't know was, is at one point I was 296 pounds in 2006. So, um, I started writing my story as a part of it. Um, so I had all the stuff that I was writing to my clients. I had my story that I was kind of writing. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I have never previous to last year said that being an author is something that I was interested in. Um, and then the 28 day plan, I started writing that separately because I'm like, well, I should tell my clients, you know, we, we need to have a special plan or program for them. So I had a pile of stuff. Um, and then uh, we went to a mastermind retreat um, for the Todd Durkin mastermind. And so I, um, I had a bunch of stuff and I don't remember exactly who it was um, or what was said, but the whole concept was, is if you have something that can help someone, you should share it. Um, and stop worrying about whether you're an expert or stop, you know, overthinking or overcomplicating it and going, well, I shouldn't write, or I can't write because of this or, you know, whatever reason it is. And so I went home, I left the meeting and I put all the stuff together in one email. Um, and I had no idea what I was doing, but I just sent it to you and Scripture publishing. And I said, is this something to work with? And, um, you said, no, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> so no, it was great. You said, you said, absolutely. And so from there set out, you know, a timeline, we talked about goals and what I wanted it to be and, and who it was trying to reach and all that kind of stuff. And then outlining it and then started to work towards, uh, you know, getting the book published. And so, man, it was, uh, like the beginning part of it was, you know, sending the email to you was the first step and going, I knew it wasn't perfect, which is hard for me. I knew it wasn't even, it wasn't even great. Like I hadn't, I hadn't typoed and, you know, gone through the spelling and grammar and, and all the stuff. And I'm sending this off and going like, these people are literally going to think I'm stupid. Like just, <laughs> you know, and, and so I know that people have wrestled with this because I, you know, we had a book signing here at movement fitness and talked to people throughout the industry and whatever, wherever they were. And they go, what's it like? What did it take? And I'm like, it took the first click is what it took, right. To send it off. And from there, it's like anything when you don't know what's on the other side of it, fear often overtakes you. But when you say yes, um, man, you learn things that you didn't know. Um, you know, this book, the book that is in, you know, in our hands right now is like, what, four, five, six versions different than the one that started. And, you know, it's a, a different message. I actually reworked like the whole thing after the first round of edits with you. And so, um, man, it was just a matter of saying yes and going, you know what, if this helps one person, I don't care. I'm, I, I wasn't worried about being a New York times bestseller or, or any of that. Um, I wanted to help one person. And so that's the way it started. I'm glad you brought that up. That's probably the number one thing we hear from people is that sense of, I, I don't have anything that's worth saying or the way I say it makes me sound stupid. And so I, I don't think I'm a writer. I, I, and mostly I just don't even know where to begin. You know, that's, totally. we hear that all the time. Well, I think we, uh, and I'm guilty of this often is we overcomplicate it. And when I look at the things that make the most impact, um, you know, I know uh, Mike Boyle often says, uh, he's like, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it, right? So when we think about like trying to overcomplicate it and I got to write these big fancy, there's no big fancy words in this book, right? I am not uh, a big 
fancy guy. Like that's not me. What I wanted to do was going, I, A, I know what it's like to be overweight, to be unhappy with myself physically. B, I know what it's like to be anxious because I suffered with anxiety at different points in my life. I know what it's like to feel overwhelmed and overrun. I know what it's like to wake up in the morning and want to hit the snooze button and not get going. And so I thought, if I am feeling this way, my clients feel this way. And so that's who I started writing to. And then from there, it just, it snowballed. And I thought, you know what, if it can help them, it can help other people. And to see the response and to hear the response, I had a friend of mine from a childhood friend of mine yesterday. He just, uh, I talked to him and he said, I am like, this is crazy because A, I know some of these stories, but don't know the back end of it. So it makes it even more appreciable and B going like, this is me, you know, I'm, hitting the snooze button. He works for corporate America. His goal is not to quit his job, but he's like, I, you know, I got three kids and I want to have a better, you know, a better life and feel better, have more energy, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, so you go, you know what, there's one. And so that's it. There's your one. There's your one. It's amazing. And I, I just want to read one thing to, to go to your you know, not using fancy words. I want to give people an idea of how this is written. I think if they are listening and they hear your enthusiasm and your passion and how much you put your heart into everything, they're going to hear the same thing in your words. Let me read this one little section here. It says, but in all things, we can choose to be great. We can choose to lift ourselves and others up in tough times, to be a lighthouse for those that need a path, while also choosing greatness in everyday tasks. This is all done through intentional attitude and actions. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> sorry, I got a little choked up. So it's weird hearing someone else read your words. Um, so I just, I, I, thanks for reading that. Like I, um, I'm grateful because I think that God has given each one of us a person, a purpose. And, um, you know, you never know what that is and you never know how you can impact another person. And so what may be no big deal for you is a really big deal for someone else. And I don't believe that we ever go through struggles without a reason, without a purpose. And if we hold those things inside, then someone else suffers because somebody else may feel like they're alone. Somebody else may feel like I'm wrestling with this weight issue or this anxiety issue or my kids, um, you know, I'm worried about my kid because he's diagnosed as a ADHD and I, you know, I don't know how to deal with that. And I feel like I'm the only one. And if you hold these things in, um, then you're shortchanging a yourself and b other people around you. And I just think that we get so consumed sometimes in, you know, we've got Instagram and Facebook and we look at numbers and accounts and how many people are liking and following and all that stuff. And really, to be honest, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, those things are nice. And I'm not going to tell you that I'm not interested in getting them. But what really matters and what I've learned from a bunch of my friends in the, in the mastermind is, is if you provide good things, if you do good work, and you are genuine in, you, in your interest in trying to help someone, people will want to follow that. So rather than seeking the like and seeking the comment, be you help others, and all of that other stuff will take effect. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I want to dive in a little bit into that because you've mentioned it a few times. You've kind of talked about some of the things that are very important to you, your, your wife, Teresa, um, who I love as well, and your three children, obviously, being the center point of your life. But you also have a very strong faith. And, and that plays out in your life. It plays, you, you read it as you're reading the book. And I want to just share a little bit of that faith and what, what it is for you in your life, because I think sure. it's an important piece of who you are. And I think it, it plays a big role in being great today for you. Yeah, totally. Great. Um, for, for me, um, the concept of intentional attitude and action means that when you wake up in the morning, um, that you have to choose um, your, your attitude and your actions. And so for me, part of this rolls out of Romans 12 too, which is do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So whether someone is a follower of Jesus or not, like I, I would love them to be, and I hope you are. But if not, the, 
you have seen and anyone had seen the state of this world and we think, you know, there are things that we don't like about it. Um, but we have an opportunity to make an impact um, on the people that are around us. You, we may not be able to change policy and, and, you know, whatever else we want to do, but you can change and impact the person that's across from me right now. The people that are listening to this and, and trying to do something every single day with the one and only life that we've been given. You see, at the end of this, it's, you know, there's kind of cliche, but we find that cliches are often true. That's why they become cliches, because people use them over and over. You know, when you look at the, the beginning date on the tombstone, the end date on the tombstone, you got the dash and you go like, what does that dash mean? What does that legacy signify? And, you know, hopefully, like you, there's a whole lot of people that are writing within that going like, this person has, has changed my life. And we have the opportunity to impact people and do that every single day. I, I, I think because of my faith, I, uh, I'm not perfect at this, but I try to place a very high value on people, and, you know, which means that I'm called to um, treat them differently. So even when I don't like, that, like it, I, have, I need to love them and I need to try to be um, someone that portrays the image of Christ to them. And so that's what I try to live my life on. Um, and that's, a, that's something that I have to do every day from scripture and, and worship music and Bible reading and all of that. I, I do that stuff in the morning. That's part of my routine. Um, but, um, I do that because if, if I don't, I will wake up and I will be more likely to not treat people as well as I should, or to get easily frustrated or to get angry or upset or things like that. Um, rather than trying to be someone um, that people go, oh, that guy's different, you know, and I want, I want that to be true of me. You know, we don't have crosses or things hanging in movement fitness. This isn't a necessarily quote unquote Christian facility. This book isn't a Christian book, right? That's not the point. The point is to be a light. I am a Christian. It's written by someone that loves Jesus, but um, you know, I want people to be able to read it and to go, Oh, wow. That's like, that's different. This guy's talking about things that I don't understand. Maybe I should dig in more. Maybe there's something I'm missing. Maybe my faith needs to be renewed. Maybe they have a strong faith and they just dig in more. Great. Um, but really for people, I wrote it in a way where um, I'm always, I want to spread the gospel of Jesus, but I, I want to do it in a way that I'm not trying to hit you in the head with the Bible because I don't think that works. Um, oftentimes when we yell at people and do those things, it just turns them off even more. So just, this is my life and um, I'm trying to do that as well as possible. And that's the way I tried to communicate that um, throughout the book. So. And I think it goes to that authenticity, you know, showing yeah. up to be your best self, not trying to show up to be somebody else's best self. And mm -hmm. it is an important part of your life. And so it's in there. Um, it's not a sales pitch by any means. It's just who you are and, and, and you can't not be it. So I really appreciated that you brought that authenticity to your to the book because it is part of your story. Sure, thanks. And I'll, and I'll make a nod to the other part of your story. I'm not going to share any more of it than this because I want people <laughs> to buy the book to read it. But you did sure. note that you did have a moment in your life where your weight on the scale was not necessarily ideal for you and had to struggle with that as so many of us have so many people listening mm -hmm. yet um, he shares that story in the book so I'm gonna leave that as a teaser to, to let them <laughs> read what happened and how how that played out in your life um, but also I liked that you shared it in the book because again it was that authentic vulnerable piece and and I think that's really hard for people too, um, especially when they're thinking about writing and putting this out, you know, to people that they may never meet. How did that feel for you being vulnerable that way? Well, that was, uh, it's super interesting because a couple of things come to mind. So obviously there's my story. So, so walking through that. Um, but after I got the first round of edits back from you, I was, I, I just thought, you know what, I really need to dig in. Uh, because I wasn't as vulnerable the first time or in the, during the first round as I later got. Um, so I realized two things. Like one, it was very scary to think I'm going to tell this story to people that I don't know, or I'm going to tell this story to people that know me and don't know the backstory. <laughs> and so um, 
I think that's very interesting from, you know, our family perspective, from my, from my weight. And so, you know, all that kind of journey, that was interesting. The other thing I had to do is I had to go to Teresa and say, Penny, I need you to read this and um, I need you to be okay. Like, I mean, if it's not okay, we'll talk about it, but I need you to be okay with this before I send it off and let um, everybody else know a bunch of stuff about us. <laughs> um, you know, so, but that was, uh, I, when I realized I got the first round of edits back, I had written a bunch of stuff. I felt good. Um, and I didn't know how much more I could write. I actually, when I sent it off, I'm like, take this thing and just be done with it. And when I got it back from you, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm ready to write again. And so that was exciting. It was rejuvenated. And then, but I thought if I'm really going to help one person, if I'm going to help someone, then I got to be real. And I've got to be honest about who I am and what I, what I have been, who I am now to the best of my ability. Um, and so that was, it was very, uh, it was very scary, but here's what I know. Um, we like, we had this mat, we had a great, a huge event here. A couple hundred people came through movement fitness. Um, the week we opened it and did a signing. It was, it was very weird and humbling. You know, I literally stood for four hours signing books, which was like, not what I expected, but we, we did that. But what was interesting is every person that came in, I took a picture with and, everybody because they know me and, and I've been a part of their journey for some in some way and almost every one of them said something to me while we're taking a picture like I didn't know this about you or man this was super inspiring thanks for writing this and to go as scary as that is as uh you know worried as you're going to be about how it's going to impact or what other people are going to think about you it's tenfold that of the people that go oh my goodness, I needed to hear that to think that I'm not weird or something's not wrong with me. And you go, you know what, man, I, that I'm in, I'll do it. I'll write it again. I'll write another one and tell them more stuff. I don't know, like whatever. Um, but that's just, um, that vulnerability is where, when, when you let that out, that's when people really start to, to buy in and hear the message because they don't want to hear fluff. People are beyond fluff anymore. So I, I agree. People are, are craving authenticity. You know, they want mm -hmm. to feel that real and they're, and they're looking for people they can connect with. And if you're putting on a mask, they can't connect with that mask. We just had a conversation about this in my mastermind group call the other day, actually, we were talking about, you know, sharing vulnerability and, and being afraid to be judged by others because of it. And the conversation turned to say, for all those people that might be out there judging, what about all those people that need to hear that message, that need Absolutely. to know that they aren't weird or that there isn't something wrong with them or that they aren't alone? Those are the people who need your vulnerability. So it sounds like that's kind of the feedback that you got from people that they were really appreciating your authenticity. Totally. And that's people, like you said, they want to connect. They want to find a person to connect to. I think that's something that they're interested in. Um, and what I, what I know is we don't know what's going on in someone's life. So what we think is happening is often just the surface level of people's lives. So what I know is when people, um, you know, when they post something on your Instagram that you may not like, or make a comment or something like that, or you feel like they're judging most of the time, those people are, are broken in some way. And so I know I've done it to other people at times. I really, really work hard not to do that. But with social media, it's easy to comment or to do something and say something and, and to judge or look at someone's feed and go, oh, well, they're doing this, you know, whatever. But what we know is those people are, are broken in some way because we have been mm -hmm. um, in that scenario at some point. So for every one, though, there's so many more that just um, it's such a benefit for. So, you know, you go take that, you know, kind of that, whatever you want to call it, slings and arrows and take the, you know, the brunt of that person's anger and just go try to go, you know what? Sorry, you're, you're hurt in some way and I can't help you, but you know, I'm just going to do my best to just love on people. And that's, that's the way it is. So I a hundred percent agree. Yep. Back to that. Be great today. You know, yeah. you can choose the attitude, you can choose the response and you don't have to have all the answers, but you can choose how you respond to it. Totally. And I think that's, What's, what's interesting is 
the this is it's hard work right so it's a great title we say it to people when they come in and out of movement fitness like it's just become our theme but so people see that and they go oh that's really great and then you start diving in whether it's the plan or start to go through your life and figure out what that really looks like and you're like oh i gotta bite my tongue on that one you know when someone says something you don't like or you know make an appropriate comment back or how do you you know change your schedule and change your life or do things that man you're just uncomfortable with it so it's it's not easy and it takes intentionality but you can you can choose it and that's just part of that being intentional so yeah absolutely absolutely and i want to read another part of the book here where you you speak to that and it kind of brings in a lot of what we've talked about um, through this interview it says life is precious I believe that you were created by a God that loves you and made you to be a light, shining bright for all to see. You were created with a purpose. I believe that he calls us to be transformed every morning. That means each day when we wake up, we need to focus our attention on things that are positive and excellent. It means that we have a chance to live on purpose, knowing that he loves you. Today, start taking advantage of every moment in order to live your best life and to leave a legacy that impacts generations. Choose to be intentional with your attitude and actions so that you can wake up and be great today. <laughs> uh, um, so we, um, one of my life verses is Hebrews 12, 11 which says that discipline is painful rather than pleasant at the time, but later yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those that have been trained by it. Um, and so basically it's the, it's the parable of reaping and sowing, right? What you, what you plant, you harvest. And so, um, sorry, that's a lot of farm talk, but my <laughs> wife's also a farmer. So, um, but, uh, but we don't like to hear about discipline. Um, I think that's something that we often, once we get out of like, college or school or whatever we do and we're like oh I don't have to study for those things or whatever you know like I don't need to be disciplined anymore and I think that's often where a lot of issues start to take root for us but when you think about every single day we have the opportunity if we're disciplined to live a life that we want so many people uh, live a life that's not intentional um, and I know this because this was me um, and is me if I'm not intentional with it, like um, hitting the snooze button. I think the snooze button is like the single, like single biggest killer of potential in the world. And that's why on the front of the book, there's an alarm clock that's, you know, ringing and has lots of energy, um, <laughs> you know, but I, I feel like when, you know, we sleep with the phone by our bed and we hit the snooze button or we start scrolling and it's just mindless and we react to the day rather than being proactive with our lives. So, you know, you think about when you're frustrated, when you're angry, you know, you, everybody gets that. You feel like, oh, I get the email in the morning from the boss and it's like, oh, I just started off my day wrong. Or the teacher emails you about your kid or, you know, something is always going to set you off. Well, if you're reactive to every scenario and your heart is not in a place where you're ready to live your best life and be intentional every single day, then you're going to feel like you're just constantly fighting. But if you take the time to be proactive, you know, you can set up your life to, uh, to, uh, to, be, um, to be in a way that makes you not reactive to everything. You know, I talked about, you know, I get up and I uh, read scripture or or a devotional or something in the morning, listen to worship music. It's what I did this morning in some way that set my mind and to set uh, my heart on what I need to do for the day. Because I know that if I don't do that, then I'm way more likely to be frustrated at the smallest thing. And so, but we, that's how most of us live our life is going, you know what, this thing happened to me. You know, uh, nothing happens to us. Everything happens for us if we're open to doing, uh, to living life that way. So, um, yeah, being proactive is a, is the biggest thing and choosing to be intentional with your life. Yes, I, I agree. And, and I love the, the reap and sow parable as well, because we always yeah. have the choice of what we plant and we, we get to totally. choose that. And then the rewards are, are endless. And one of the rewards for you, I have to mention this because it was probably one of the most heartwarming things that I have seen with any of our authors to date. 
And that was the images of your children reading your book. Um, talking about reaping what you sow. I saw some images that you guys put up of the boys with your book. Um, one of them was sleeping. He fell asleep <laughs> reading it. One of them brought it to school. Talk about the impact it's had on them. Um, yeah, well, that was something I wasn't prepared for. I'm still probably not. Um, so uh, a couple things. Number one, I, um, I had the books were delivered during the day. I went and picked them up and I brought them back to Movement Fitness. My house is really close to the facility, fortunately. So I went and picked them up, brought them back. We opened them up, threw them on the shelves. It's great. I had to train that night, so I wasn't at home. Um, the pictures you saw were a little more tame because the original ones, the books, there was another batch that got there at like 7 p.m. So they're getting ready for bed. We have three boys. They basically just run around in their underwear when it's time to get ready for bed. Um, <laughs> so they like grab the books and they're like, yeah, dad's books here. So, um, so they like, they were so excited um to get the book and to see like this is a real thing like dad's been talking about this for a year and like it's actually real um so that's what was cool um to see the reaction to it they each grabbed their own you know and they wanted their own and so they all three slept with it in their bed that night um which was um just oh man that was super cool um to see the pride in what dad does um you know, unfortunately, I have a non-traditional current American job, which is they get to see dad work most of the time, which is not the case anymore. Um, so that's really cool. Um, but my my middle son is, um, he will tell you he's an author and a published uh, and an uh, illustrator mm -hmm. uh, because he, he just, he writes all the time and he uh, draws constantly and not like little stuff. He like a lot of stuff. And so he was actually one of my inspirations for it um to continue to move forward because i want him to write because he's really good at it you know even at a young age and so um they're uh oh, like first off we had to have a conversation with my 12 year old uh, to make sure that we had you know we had clearly communicated all of our life process with <laughs> that's him that's right um because we you had have to talked read the book about to hear that part <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. So we had had the conversation with him, but we needed to make sure we doubled back and he understood basic math and the way that things worked for mom and dad at that point in their life. So, um, so that was, that was interesting. Um, so we had to double back on that. But um, my, my middle son again came to me the next morning, he came downstairs and he's holding his book and he goes, Dad, you didn't sign my book. And I'm like, buddy, you like you were sleeping with it. And he's like, I'm gonna need you to sign my book. And so, um, so that was, that was super cool, um, for them. And then, you know, in the, uh, in the acknowledgments and then in the dedication in the beginning, obviously they're a part of that. And so for them to read their names in the book was, um, man, they were super excited about that. And so that was, it was just fun to see them just be proud of dad and, um, you know, what a big deal, what I didn't realize, what a big deal that was for me. Yeah, so special and, and a seed was planted. So, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see where that goes for them. But uh, I, I saw those photos and like I said, it really touched me. And, and I just thought, you don't think about that when you're thinking about writing a book. You're thinking about getting your book done and how you're gonna use it and how you're gonna market it and you know, all that kind of stuff. And you don't really realize how much of an impact it can have on, on your family, on those kids. Oh, absolutely. Well, I think the one of the things that struck me the most was um, Todd um, Durkin had written my foreword, which mm -hmm. was, you know, it was great. And um, he sent me a text the day the book launched. And he said, you know, congratulations on the process and just really proud of you. But he said, you birthed something. He's like, remember, this is about a legacy. And it really that was the moment that it struck me because the whole time up until that point i'm going just get the book to publish like let's just you know get it out <laughs> Cross the t's dot uh, the i's i know i'm like oh my goodness you know you sent me back at round five or six to edit and i'm like i can't read this anymore um you know but but to remember like the finish line was not the day we launched it the, there is no finish line um you know, it's a matter of, you know, we have an opportunity to impact people forever with this thing. So that's what's super cool is, is um, just, yeah, those, 
that have an opportunity to make a huge impact. Yeah, it brings me right up. Great, great segue right into my question, which is uh, something I ask everybody that's a guest on the show. Because of the title of the show, It Just Takes One, means something different to everybody. And so I always like to get the comments from people about what that phrase means to them. So with everything that you've accomplished and, and what you've done, and, and when you think about that phrase, It Just Takes One, what does it bring up for you? Um, so I have, you know, there's the tactical part in thinking through this, but, you know, It Just Takes One, I think, is... Um, centers around um man this is a really tough question i have two things that i think through i think purpose and intent you know purpose and knowing your why on what you're doing on what you're doing because Mm -hmm. if you don't you won't like we'll just live our lives um according to wherever things take us right so if you don't have a purpose and intentionality then you can't it it just takes you know one reason one moment, one opportunity. Um, and it, man, if you know what those things are, if you know what your why, if you're intentional about the way you live your life, like you can live the life that you want. But I, I think in terms of this book um, and the way I kind of live my life with our business right now is it just takes one yes, mm. really, to change your life, to change someone else's life. Um, because going back to talking about uh, the book and being scared and, you know, vulnerable and publishing and all that kind of stuff. It all came from one click. When I said, send, I said yes to send it. Um, And by sending it, it created this whirlwind of, you know, the eight month, nine month, whatever process from there um, that got us to the point where we're at a book. And so it just takes one. Yes. If you, if you say yes, you have no idea. When we opened up Movement Fitness, we said yes. I was scared out of my wits. My business partner said, we're going to take it. I said, we don't even have the money yet for it. And he's like, we're taking it. And I'm like, yes, we're going to take it. <laughs> and so, you know, you, <laughs> you, never, you never know where that's going to lead you. Um, and obviously being wise and strategic and making sure it lines up with your purpose and all that stuff. But but man, there are, I feel like there are too many times, I still in my life, there's too many times that I say no. When If you just said yes, you never know where that's going to lead you. And then never know what it's going to do for someone else. Fabulous. I can't agree more. And it's something that we can all practice saying more. Um, yes is a powerful word. Absolutely. So Justin, if people are interested in getting the book or want to know more about you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? How do they get the book? Go ahead and share all of that. Totally. The easiest way to get the book is, so you can go to uh, begreattodaybook.com. I share a little bit about my story on there so you get to see that. Um, They can follow me. Uh, I'm very active on Instagram, um, at Coach Keg, K-E-G, Coach K-E-G on Instagram. Um, and then we own movement fitness. So movement eight one five. So that is, uh, the easiest place to find me. Um, you can purchase the books on Amazon. Um, but you get, there's a link directly in the, uh, in the website, be great today, book.com. Great. Justin, always, always great to talk with you and thank you for spending the time with me today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks so much for, for this. And thanks for all your help in getting, uh, you know, getting a dream or what was a dream to, to fruition. So I'm just grateful for, for you and for Scripture and for Greg and all the work that you did. So thank you. We just said yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Be great today, Justin. All right. Thanks. You too. Be great today, Kelly. And there you have it, Justin Kegley teaching all of us how to be great today. There were a couple moments in the interview that I thought were powerful and I want to touch on them quickly. Justin pointed out how important it is to be authentic in our lives. The more we share our true selves, our ups and our downs, the more we can create an impact on people's lives in the world around us. Vulnerability can be scary, but when we share our struggles and our challenges, it helps others to more authentically connect with us. I also loved his answer to my question about what it just takes one means to him. 
He said, it just takes one yes, one simple yes. I think it's a good message because the word no often comes out so automatically. Saying yes, even when the path ahead is uncertain or scary, could be the thing that transforms our lives. I think you heard in Justin's story and his voice that Be Great Today isn't just a slogan. It's a lifestyle. It's a choice, and it's something that's within our control. Every day and every opportunity, we have a choice to be great. And as we close out this episode, I encourage you to go out and be great today. If you enjoy these episodes of It Just Takes One, I invite you to share them with your friends. The more, the merrier. Coming up on our next show, we have Lori Sawyer and Karen McCormick, who are going to talk about how to shrink your body and grow your mind. Stay tuned for that episode coming soon.